Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go tonight to Exodus chapter 3. Hallelujah. And uh, we want to continue with this we've been looking at on uh, God, my healer. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know how many uh, weeks we've been ministering on this now, but enough, almost, I think. But uh, it's, uh, it's getting in us. Amen. Amen. It's getting in us. And the Lord's good to us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 3, and, and some things that we've been saying is, uh, number one, always believe, number one, what God said about himself. This is important to remember. What did God say about himself? Uh if you go through the Word and you find out what did God say about him, what did God say he would do? Because where a lot of people get into trouble is somebody, what somebody else said, what somebody else believes God will do. And, and that's how you get stuck believing somebody else's experience, right? That, listen, there might be people in the sound of my voice, you were raised in churches that, that it was based on everybody else's experience. It's just whatever they said. You know, and instead of looking at what God said about the situation, amen, what did God say in his word? What did God say about himself? Secondly, always believe what God said about his word. What did God say about the word? We've been ministering on turning to the word. What, what did God say about his word? And then thirdly, always believe what God said about what he would do. What did God say he would do? Amen. That's, that's important because how did God say he would respond to a certain situation? What did God say he would do in, in that circumstance? Amen. In Exodus chapter 3, and we want to start here in verse 13 because this is where, uh, of course, the passage of Scripture uh, where Moses encountered uh, the burning bush, the angel in the bush, however you want to say it. But the point is he, he encountered God, and God's giving him his call, his directive. And when God told Moses to go to the people, the, you'll remember the first thing in verse 13, Moses said to God, when I come to the children of Israel, they will and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they will say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, you shall say unto the children of Israel, I am 
hath sent me unto you. Now, now notice in verse 14, God said to Moses, now notice, I am that I am. In other words, this is what I am. So when you go, tell them I am sent you because I am that I am. The Amplified Bible says, God said to Moses, I am who I am and what I am, and I will be what I will be. You shall say this to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. So notice, I am who I am and what I am, and I'll be what I will be. Hallelujah. So what God is, God will always be. All right, what God is, God will always be. He does not change. He cannot change. Amen. D- does that make sense? What I am, that's what I am. And what I will be is what I'm going to be. So in other words, he says, what I am to you right now, that's what I will always be. And what I will be is what I will be. And that can sound redundant, but it gives you that certainty. That's why all through the Scripture, the Bible refers to God as a rock. It says he's our rock. He's our fortress. He's our high tower. He's something that cannot be changed. When when you think of a rock, you know, people, it, it's not a, a little rock on the ground. It's a rock like Gibraltar. It's a, it's a mountain-like rock. It can't be moved. See, it's, de- it's denoting the unchangeableness of God, the faithfulness of God. Amen? So God said, notice, that this was his name forever. He said, this is my name forever. What he was, he is. And what he is, he'll always be. To anybody that'll believe. All right? Just in simple faith, believing it. Hallelujah. Now, in Exodus 15 and 26. Oh, hallelujah. And uh, he said, the Lord said to the people of Israel, after this is after the Red Sea, they were at the waters of Meribah, of, of Mara, and the waters of, you remember, were bitter. And Moses cried to the Lord. The Lord told him to put the tree in the water. He did. The waters were made sweet. And he said in verse 26, this is what the Lord said. It starts off with, and said, the Lord said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do that which is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put or I will allow, Hebraically it's allow, none of these diseases upon you that I have brought upon or allowed upon the Egyptians. Notice, for I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord that heals you. Hallelujah. So again, we have this this phrase, I am, this I am is inserted here. I am is the blank check. I am is his name forever. See, that's what you got to remember. I am is his name forever. Whatever I need him to be, he's that. I am that. Amen. And he said, notice, I am the Lord that heals you. 
I am Jehovah, the self-existent one, the eternally self-existent one, and here in this instance, I exist eternally as your healer, as your surgeon, as your physician. Hallelujah. See, here, here's something to understand, and you may or may not know it. If you do, you can, you can shout amen anyway. Here, here's the thing. God already decided to heal you. God doesn't decide to heal people. That decision was already made at Calvary. That, that decision was made right here. He is eternally the healer. Amen. Now, I have to believe it, but here's the thing. God does not go, oh, okay, you know, now I'll heal. I'm choosing to heal. He already chose it. He's chosen to heal everybody in the world. He's chosen to heal every person that you know. How? By the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, he made the choice to redeem all of us from sin, sickness, disease, fear, poverty. God's desires that everybody be saved, everybody be healed, everybody be delivered. We got to believe it. But God does not, in the sense that we think, decide now I'll heal. He connects healing to our faith. And the moment we believe it, the healing is released, but not in the sense that God was holding it back. The condition was met. Oh, hallelujah. And when the condition is met, and the only condition there is is faith. You say, how do I do that? You can start right now. I believe that. I believe what the Word of God said. I believe God. Amen. And, and, and that's the condition is met. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? So he is, when, right now, my healer, my surgeon, my physician. Hallelujah. Now, in Isaiah 53, now I'm, I'm moving a little quick through this first part. Because I, I, I want you to see this. Because we're talking about tonight a lot about restoration. Restoring maybe what sickness has tried to take. But we're going to get it all back. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I was, I was recently with Brother Jerry Savell, and, uh, uh, you know, you, you'll remember here some number of years ago, uh, he was ministering. Uh, he, th- this, this, happened, these, this happened twice. He was ministering, and uh, his wife was sitting on the front row, and, and he just, he said, I was ministering, and I couldn't put two sentences together. And his wife was sitting there on the front row, and she recognized something was wrong. And she stepped up and took the microphone, and he went and sat down. And she finished the service. Well, he'd had a stroke. And then he went, you know, he went to the doctor, and found, they found one of his arteries was blocked. And, and they were cleaning out that artery. And when they did, a piece of that plaque broke off and went into his brain. And, and that caused a full-blown stroke that put him out of commission. And you've heard the testimony. And he was, he was laying there in bed. He didn't know who anybody was. He, he couldn't talk. He couldn't move. I mean, he didn't know who anybody was, didn't know who his family was. Here's the, the reason that, that I'm telling you this. I was with him recently, and he was recounting events from the 60s with amazing clarity. 
And I thought, that's restoration. That's God putting everything back that the devil tried to steal away. Oh, glory to God. Amen. See, I, I said something in healing school not too long ago. You'll hear people talk sometimes, and they'll go, you know, you know they'll, they'll be dealing with something that we consider minor. They'll go, oh, Pastor, I've had them say, oh, that's, you know, that's just allergies I can deal. Why? Why just deal with it if the price has been paid for it? Does that make sense? And, and I'm not picking on anybody. It's not an indictment. You, you understand that. But here, here's the thing. You, you'll hear people, they'll, 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 they'll talk about how, well, it's just a little cold. It's, it's the curse. It's something that Jesus died to free us from. I, I got to stand against it consistently. Because, does that make sense? He wants to restore me back. And we said it this morning, the Word of God puts you in that position back into proper alignment with the way that God intended for things to be from the very beginning. When That's why the Word doesn't change. God's Word puts you back in the alignment that God determined for your life. When, when, when God heals someone, it's not just taking disease, it's putting them back in the alignment that God intended for them to be in in the first place. Glory be to God. Amen. I'll tell you what, I start preaching and y'all start pulling and I said I wasn't going to take very long. And y'all make me out to be a liar a lot. Y'all do. <laughs> Amen. I remember one time I was preaching and I said, I got to hurry and Prophet 4 said, why? I said, okay, I'll just keep right on preaching. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Isaiah 53 and verse 5. Now, again, it's a familiar verse, but I want you to see this. It says, he will, but he was wounded. Well, let's read verse 4 because we don't want to start with just a but. Verse 4, surely he's borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, our pains, yet we did esteem him, we reckoned him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Oh, hallelujah. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now, are is a state of being verb. It means to be or exist. State of being verbs. Am, is, are, was, were. If, if someone says you are this, they're defining your state of being. You are in this room tonight. And Isaiah said, notice, by the Holy Spirit and with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. The word are, it means to be or to exist. To be or to exist. So because of the stripes Jesus took, this is our state of being, healed. That's my state of being, is healed. Hallelujah. And, and see, now you're turning to the Word. I'm not going to re-preach my message, but you're turning to the Word. And the Word says your state of being is healed. And so, and so you may be dealing with something in your body, but you're not allowing that to define what's going on. You're turning to the Word and your state of being, which is I'm healed. 
yeah, I'm dealing with this. I'm not ignoring it. I'm not denying it, but this is what I am. See, and that's where a lot of people may have, have, have misunderstood uh, confession and misunderstood declaring the word is they think you're denying something. You're not denying what is. You're turning to the higher authority. You're turning to the higher power. The word is the higher power, so it's always deserving of the higher authority. Of, of the, of the author- it's the higher authority, so it's deserving of the higher emphasis. Amen. Glory. The Amplified Bible says, with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. We are healed and made whole. So we can say it this way, because of of the way the verbiage is, we are healed and we are made whole. When? Right now. Presently. Amen. See, I, I have to think of myself in terms of how God thinks of me. James was talking over the offering about being a new creature. You know, I don't know when you found that scripture or when you first heard it, but chances are you may not have felt like a new creature when you saw that you were a new creation, a new creature. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And you're trying to wrap your mind around how all things passed away and, and all things have become new and you're a new creature, but yet you're still sometimes thinking the same thoughts and tempted to say the same things and act the same way. But the Bible says you're a new creature. And so you took it by faith and you said, because the Bible says I'm a new creature, I'm a new creature in Jesus' name. I'm a new creature. And when those thoughts would come, you'd say, that's not my thought. I cast it down in Jesus' name. I'm a new creature in Christ. And what began to happen? The word you were turning to, the word that you were turning to, the word that you were turning to, what did it start doing? Renewing your mind. Renewing your mind to what? The fact that you were a new creature in Christ. So you keep turning to the word. I am healed. That's my state of being. Amen. I am healed. I am made whole. I am healed of the disease. And if anything was lost because of the disease, I'm made whole. Amen. Can you say that out loud? I'm made whole. I'm made whole. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, glory. Look at Luke 17. Let's look at a few things from the ministry of Jesus. I made the statement today, I've had people in the past, they would tell me, they would say, well, you know, Pastor, I I can't say I'm healed when I know I'm sick. Well, see, they haven't been turning to the higher authority. See, what you know is what the Word says. That's my knower. What did the word say? See, that, that has to be flipped. I, I see this, but this is what I know. Is that right? This is the report. I see it, but this is what I know. I'm, I'm turning to that. I'm not denying that. Does that make sense? But you can't deal with it without turning to the word. You can deal with the bad report out of mental assent or out of a positive confession, and make, no, and make no changes. It's when you turn to the Word. 
It's when you turn to the Word. This is what the Word says. This is what, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not confessing something by rote. I'm not just saying, no, that's not me. I'm not sick. I'm healed. I'm not just saying it out of my head. I'm turning to the Word. I'm, I'm turning over to the Word of God and saying out of my mouth, this is what the Word says with His stripes. I am, I am, I am, I am healed. Right? And restored and made whole. Glory. So anything you may have lost from sickness, he's going to make you whole from it. Because God doesn't want to heal you and leave you at a deficit. Say out loud, God won't leave me at a deficit. Amen. In, in Luke 17, verse 11. It says, it came to pass, as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village where met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. came to pass, as they went, that they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned with a loud voice, glorified God. Notice, he saw that he was healed. Turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? They're not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go your, your way. Now notice, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. So he says in verse 14, that as they went, they were cleansed. That means to cleanse, to make pure, to purify. The Amplified Bible states they were cured. <coughs> the disease was cured. The leprosy was stopped at its, at its source. They were healed. Oh, Hallelujah. Notice, verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, when he saw that he was cured, he saw he was cured, he saw he was healed, and he went back to give glory to Jesus. When he returned to Jesus, Jesus said, okay, you're made whole. Now, because, because, because it makes a distinction the other nine were cleansed, and we know that word means they were healed, they were purified, they, they were, they were, they were, that, that thing was dried up. But then this man came back, who was cleansed? Right? Because it says all ten of them, he said, go show yourself to the priest, and as they went, all ten of them, they were cleansed. So he was cleansed from that disease. Oh, hallelujah. He was made pure. He was purified. But then he went back to Jesus to give him the glory, and Jesus said, okay, you're made whole. Hallelujah. 
Now, now understand when I say this, I'm not saying it's wrong. You know, I've heard people preach, you know, if he had a digit missing or, or some parts of his body missing that he got them all back, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that that's true. The, the Bible doesn't implicitly say that. But here's what it says. It says he was made whole. So something had been taken from him because of that disease. And when he got cleansed from it and healed from it, it was still evident that there was a lack of wholeness there. And when he went back to Jesus, Jesus said, okay, you're whole. Oh, hallelujah. It's important. The idea in this word whole, the idea, the Greek word sozo, soteria, is restoration. 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 I, I tell this story all the time, uh, partly because I like to testify about it and I like to keep my, my faith active about it. Uh, there's a couple that, that attends the Kansas location, Dave and Michelle Smart, and uh, uh, some of y'all met them, and, and of course Jim and Carrie know them real well as, as well as myself, but they started coming to the church. They got saved at Faith Builders. You know, I hear people all the time talking about, you know, how God doesn't speak to this person, doesn't speak to these people. They weren't born again. They weren't born again. And one of her friends started telling her that you need to go to church. You and your, you need to get your family in church. And this, this person happened to be a partner of Brother Copeland. And they said, uh, she said, well, where do we need to go? And they said, well, uh, get on Kenneth Copeland's website, and he has a list of partner churches, and see when, where's one in your area. Well, they live in Bonner Springs, Kansas, and Bonner Springs, Bonner's probably, what, eight miles from DeSoto, something like that, and so we're eight miles from them, and there was another one about 15 miles or so from them, and so they got up one Sunday morning, and uh, actually, I'm sorry, we were the farther church, the other church was closer, and they decided to go to the closer church, and now watch, they're not saved, they're not born again, they're not filled with the Holy Ghost, and they're on their way to church, and, and Michelle looked at Dave and said, you know... I don't know what this is, but I just feel like we're supposed to go to that other church. That church in DeSoto. And he said, okay. And they turned around and came to our church. I remember the Sunday morning they came. And, and this is the attitude that you got to take when you go to a church. When you go to church, you're where God told you to be. Where they don't know anything. They don't know anything about nothing. At, at, the, at the best, they had been lukewarm Baptist. Yeah, you understand that. All right. Hallelujah. The Kojic side over here. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Kojic, once she married you, I, I, I understand. Yeah, I praise God. Hallelujah. But in any event, here, here's the thing. So they came, and, and I have a habit of telling everybody, let's just, let's just lift our hands. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. We are Pentecostal, and so we're praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, they don't know anything about no Holy Ghost. But here was their testimony. We're standing there, and they said, we didn't understand it. But both of us looked at each other and said, sure feels right. Sure feels good. So they went with it. They weren't even born again. They got born. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. God influenced two people that weren't even born again to come where their answer was. Now, why did he do that? They, they have, they have uh, three kids, two girls and, and, and a son, Brandon. And Brandon's now, I think Brandon's in his 20s. And uh, Brandon had uh, 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 autism, severe autism, and, and came to the church. And it was, I mean, 
it was, Brandon's always been a good kid, but here's the thing that I, that I want you to understand. You, you could tell this is, this is an issue. And man, they got a hold of the word. They got saved. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. And now they're part of the group that's lifting their hands, praying in tongues. Amen. And the Lord started talking to her. And I remember many words that the Lord gave. And, and he, the Lord began to say, as your son comes and sits under the word, I'm going to repair what's missing. And I'm praying one day. Listen, I am not a neuroscientist. I don't know anything about neurological things. And I'm praying one day. And the Lord told me, he said, this is the problem. And he talked about a narrowing in certain areas of the brain and a narrowing in certain areas. And, and you know, I got on Google. Google's not really your friend, but he was going to help me. And so I got on Google, and I Googled the, the signs, and it was exactly what God told me. And he said, when you go to church today in prayer meeting before service, this is what you say. And the Lord kept saying, I'm going to restore this. I'm going to restore the, I'm going to restore these functions. I'm going to restore these motor skills. I'm going to restore these, in, these personal interactions. Amen. And, and this had went on. The, the young man was born this way. And y'all, y'all were witness to this. And I mean, he used to come and just sit in the corner. No interaction. He kept staying up under the word. He works in the youth group now. He works on the concession stand in the youth group. Amen. He works around the house, does chores, has relationship with his sisters, can hold a conversation. It's not perfect yet, but it's a million miles from where it was. And here's God just is restoring that function. Amen. Why? Because he said, notice, notice what he said here. He said, I want to give you restoration. So the, the doctors can say that's degenerative. Mm-mm. It's restorative. Because he's going to restore it. He's going to restore those discs. He's going to restore those bones. He's going to, he'll restore that hearing. He'll restore that vision. Glory be to God. Amen. The Weiss Bible says, Your faith has restored your body to soundness of health. Oh, hallelujah. So healed and restored. Glory. See, I am healed. I am restored. I was sick. I was diseased, but I am healed. I am restored. Amen. See, we declare what we are based on what God who cannot change said we are. And again, that sounds so elementary, but that's what you say. I, I am, see what he said I am. I was this, but this is what I am. Amen. I mean, we get on people in a hot second if they're born again. And they say, well, we're all just sinners saved by grace. I'm not a sinner, bless God, I'm saved. We get on them in a hot second. But when people say, well, you know, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm, I'm sick. No, you were sick. You are healed. You were sick, but you are healed. Look at Matthew 12. Am I helping you at all? I believe God. Hallelujah. That's how you stand. That's how, that's how you stand against it. Because this is what I am. 
You, you can't take a stand thinking what you could be. It's got to be what you are. Your stand is what you are. I am healed. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 9, and when he just departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And notice, and there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? Verse 13, then saith he to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Now, we don't know why this man's hand had withered. The, the, the word withered means to dry up or to, sh to shrink, to be deprived of moisture. So it just started drying up. The Bible doesn't tell us why. But notice, Jesus not only healed him, he restored his hand just like the other one. Just like the other one. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So we not only expect to be healed, we expect to be restored. We expect to be restored. Isn't that right? And we expect to be restored. So, so this man went to synagogue that day with a withered hand and came home with two brand new ones. Or at least one brand new one. Restored. Restored. We got to raise our faith level up where we're expecting God to bring it all back and restore it all back just like it was. Yeah, but pastor, I did this to myself. I know, and your sin did what it did to you before God saved you. And he, he saved you of all of it, redeemed you from all of it, brought you back, changed all the issues. Amen. Even made your mistakes to prosper. That'll hurt your faith. I've had people, I, I've heard people say that. You know, somebody said, well, let me pray for you. They got cancer. Let me pray for you. No, you know, I, I smoked so long. I brought this on myself. What's that got to do with anything? Has nothing to do with anything. Amen. You're not smoking now. Amen. God delivered you. Oh, glory. So he can heal you of the effects. Well, what do I got to do? You got to go to God and say, I've been ignorant. I was ignorant. I, I did what I knew I shouldn't have did. Every time I bought that pack of cigarettes, Lord, I saw on the side where it said Surgeon General's warning. Cigarettes cause lung cancer. Cigarettes cause heart disease. Cigarettes will kill you. And I repent. I repent. I, I shouldn't have done that. Thank you for restoring me. Thank you for healing me and restoring me. Am, am I making sense? He'll restore that. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. So he not only healed him, he restored his hand just like the other one. You know, there's a verse that we quote a lot. It says, he renews our youth like the eagle. That's restoration. That's restoration. I don't know how he does it. I've heard preachers go into long dissertations about what the eagle does, and they pluck their feathers and beat off their beak, and they fast. I don't know what they do. I really don't. I'm not an eagle man. I'm not an eagle expert. If you know, I'm not saying you're wrong. But here's what, here's what. I try to break the word down to its simplest terms. Here's what the word says, that my youth will be renewed like the eagle's. 
ever how they do it, ever how they renew their youth. He said, like the eagle, my youth would be renewed. Oh, hallelujah. Are you expecting restoration? Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Verse 10, I'm expecting restoration. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Because there's so much that people want to talk about holding on. This is holding on, and that's holding on. And now they got things like called like long-haul COVID, and long-haul COVID's hanging on. And, oh, it's just hanging on. It's just, but you're restored. You're restored. I'm not making light of that. I'm, I'm just trying to say you're restored from it. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 4, verse 10. This is when, uh, of course, Peter and John, through the name of Jesus, healed this man at the gate. Beautiful. But notice what it says about him. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here made whole. Oh, glory. The amplified, uh, uh, excuse me, what had caused this man's paralysis was healed, but he was made whole. And, And do you remember how long he had been there? All of his life. I don't know when he started, they started taking him to that, that gate, but I've been to enough foreign countries to watch when they put their children out to beg, and it's very young, really young. And, and if they have something wrong with them, they really get them out there because it works people's compassion. Amen. But so he's been out there a long time. And the Bible says that, that, that the, the religious leaders couldn't say anything against it because the man was 40 years of age that this miracle had been done on. And they'd taken him and laid him there. They had to take him and lay him there every day. This man sat by that gate beautiful all through the ministry of Jesus. Jesus, how many times we wondered Jesus pass him by? I don't know. But here's here's the thing. When they prayed for him in the name of Jesus, the Bible says he was made whole. This word for whole means sound. It's used in, for instance, in reference to sound doctrine. It's sound. It's complete. It's a complete healing. There's no vestige of that paralysis left. Amen. So that that means that you don't get healed and just be willing to put up with some of the pain. You don't get healed and be willing to just keep putting up with some of the symptoms. You're believing for wholeness. I say you're believing for wholeness. That's what you're standing for, wholeness. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Look at Acts chapter 9. Oh, hallelujah. And verse 32. It came to pass as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down to the saints 
that dwelt at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years. Aeneas had been in the bed for eight years. Oh, hallelujah. And notice, he was sick of the palsy. He was paralyzed. He's bedridden for eight years, paralyzed. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Arise, make your bed. And he arose immediately. Hallelujah. Notice this is so important. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ, Amplified Bible says, the Messiah now makes you whole. Now notice, he was sick. Now he's healed and whole. 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 Now I know there's a place for teaching on as they went, they were healed. I understand. But the result is wholeness. I say the result is wholeness. You might feel better when you leave tonight, but still not have all the symptoms gone, but you keep pushing until all of them are gone and you're whole. Glory to God. Amen. I'm made whole. Glory to God. You you just can't live your life like the old story. You know, the guy went to the doctor and he said, Doc, every time I do this, my arm hurts. doctor said, don't do that. That's not how you want to live your life. Amen. Uh, right? God, are you following me? God intended, the Bible says that God intended for you to live out the full number of your days and that he intended for you to live it out with no pain in your body, the full mobility of your body, the full function of your body. That's what the Bible says God intended. You push into that. Don't push into what everybody else says. Don't push into what everybody else says you got to do. Well, you know, it runs in your family. I'm running it out of my family. I'm I'm not going to have it. I'm redeemed from it. I'm restored from it. I'm whole from it in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. I need you to see the scene. Aeneas is there. I don't know why Aeneas is there. Evidently, he came to the meeting. I don't know, but he's there. He's bedridden. The Bible says he's been there for eight, for how long? It said that he had been there for 18, for eight years. And Peter walks up to him. He just walks up and says, Aeneas, Jesus makes you whole. Rise up and walk. And he got up whole. He got up whole. Amen. Oh, glory to God. He was sick. He's now healed and whole. I was sick. I am healed. So what I was, this is what I am. Amen. Amen. But I don't feel any different. But feeling doesn't determine what you are. The Word determines what you are. Glory be to God. Look, 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 look at Matthew chapter 14. This is important. Oh, hallelujah. Matthew 14, verse 34. It says, when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, of Jesus, they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made 
perfectly whole. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you see that? One translation, the renewed New Testament says, and many numerous and large amounts of crowds and multitudes, throngs and masses of people came and approached, turned towards, drew near to him, having, holding, owning, possessing those that were lamed and crippled, maimed, and infirm. I like that because it uses the word maimed. Limbs were missing. Do you see that? So there's sick folks. There's paralyzed folks. There's people that don't have an arm, a leg, a hand, whatever. Amen. And it goes on and says, physically blind, unable to see, mutilated, crooked, bent, deformed, injured, disabled. Now here's here's the mental acumen, dull, deaf, and many numerous and large amounts of others together with them, and they cast and laid through and set them along beside and by his feet, and he willingly served, healed, cured, and restored them to health. Willingly. So people without an arm got an arm back. Hallelujah. Ed Dufresne, when he would go to churches, he would go to churches, and, and churches, especially of pastors that, that had been around the healing ministry, and he would go to those churches, and he would say, have, have you ever seen an arm grow back? Have you ever seen a leg grow back? He was hungry for that. He wanted to see that, not just because of the outstandingness of the miracle, but because that's God's will. Is that right? You may not need something that extreme, but whatever it may be, or somebody you may know, but whatever it may be, God not only wants to heal them, he wants to restore them back to that original state. Oh, I believe God. I say, I believe God. And notice how he did this. He did it willingly. Willingly. Your part is in simple faith. Believe God. That's, that's, that's the key, is in simple faith. Believe God. Amen. And you know, you might, you might go to the doctor, and you might, you might get a report that's challenging. Now, here, here's the thing. That doesn't change what you are. It's at that moment. That's the, that's the crucible moment. What am I when somebody else is trying to tell me I'm something different than what God said? Right? And you know, sometimes things surprise you. Amen. You, you, you go to the doctor and you think it's one thing, and it can be another thing. Now, we're kept by the power of God. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you to look for a bad report, but here's what I'm saying. I've talked to people before, and they've said this. Well, I got this bad. Pastor, I thought I was healed. You, you are. You don't let the lower authority tell you what you are. You turn to the higher authority. Listen, you got a moment? 
when I taught on this in healing school, when, when Jairus was, was, when you read all three of the accounts of Jairus in, in the Gospels, the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all have an account of, of the, the story of Jairus and his daughter. Matthew says when Jairus came to Jesus, he said, my daughter's now dead. All right? Mark says that he said she's at the point of death. All right? The difference, the difference being that one, one, was, one was there and saw it, and one heard a report and was writing a report. One saw it. Matthew saw it. And Jairus came and said, my daughter's dead. And you remember, what did Jesus say? He said, he said, but you come lay your hand on her, and she'll be healed, and she'll live. And it says Jesus went with him. What's he going to do? Lay hands on her, and what's going to happen? She's going to be healed, and she's going to live. But you remember the story. In the middle of that, the, the woman with the issue of blood touches the hem of Jesus' garment, right? And Jesus felt the power leave him. And so he turned around in the press and said, who touched me? And so the woman finally came and, and told him all the truth. Now, I don't know how long it took. I don't know if Jairus was fidgety. If his daughter was dead, I don't think he's fidgeting too much. Jesus is on the way to the house. But here's the point. They came, and here's what they said. Because we know his daughter was dead, they came and they said, Look, your daughter's dead. Why are you, why are you troubling the master? Now, you remember what Jesus said, right? The Amplified Bible says, Don't be struck with fear and seized with alarm. Only keep on believing. Now, what did, he, what did he have him do right there? Jay Iris, you got to turn to the higher truth. Stay, stay focused on what you said. What did he say when he came to the boat and fell at Jesus' feet? You come lay your hands on her, and she will be healed, and she'll live. Amen. And yet they came, and Jesus knew. Listen, Jesus knew if anything could stop the faith action that he had released when he made those words, it was fear. If anything can stop it, it's fear. Amen. See, but I can stand up here tonight and tell you something. You're not getting worse. You're getting better. Your body's not going downhill. It's changing. It's getting better. Ah, hallelujah. Why? Because that's what the Word does. It renews you and restores you and makes you whole. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Pastor, I knew so-and-so. L- listen, here's my advice, and you do whatever you want to. When, when I'm talking about these things with people and someone will go, but I know somebody, I'll go, don't tell me. I'll say that every time, don't tell me. Because my faith, remember what the Bible says, my faith is not in men or in what men say or the power of men. My faith is in the Word of God. This is what God said. So Paul said, when you're talking about the Word of God, you allow God to be true, and you put everybody else in the liar category if they say something against what God said. I had a friend of mine one time ask me a question. 
I administered in his church, and I administered on seven things that God wants to do for you from the book of Psalm 91 and how he wants to keep you and protect you and heal you and, and show you his salvation and satisfy you with long life. And he said, what are you going to do if somebody comes to you and says, I did that and it doesn't work? Well, somebody's lying. Them or this. I choose them. Some, some, you understand? Because, listen, this, this is the reality of it. And I, and I think I said this the other, last week. At times we shy away from this. If, if you were to, to look at someone, so I had, I've had people tell me, you can't, I had a guy, a friend of mine say, Philip, you can't tell people they don't have faith. If that is your problem, I can tell you 10 days, I can tell you 365 days a year that you don't have faith. If that's your problem, I can tell you that your problem is you don't have faith. It's not an indictment. I'm not being ugly. That's the problem. If you go to the to the to the 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 auto, to the uh, garage and they open the hood and they say, "I found the problem." Don't say that. That makes me feel bad. That's the problem. We got to fix it. If, I'm not saying that a lack of faith is the problem. I'm saying if it is, fix it. Nobody can fix that but me. Don't, don't be so thin-skinned that when the answer comes, you get offended at the answer, told me I didn't have any faith. You left without your miracle. You can't allow that. The Bible says, that Jesus was in the house in Capernaum. And it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. It says they were come from all the cities and they were sick in their body. And we only have record of one man getting healed out of that whole group. Why? Because the minute Jesus made the statement, he said, he saw the man come down from the roof. And the minute he saw him, he said, son, your sins are forgiven. And immediately, who is this? So they can forgive. Nobody can forgive sins but God. Well, right there, they just, they just cut themselves out of their miracle. Amen. I don't go around judging people's faith. I love people. I'm a good pastor. I care about people. You don't believe I'm a good pastor? Just ask me. I'll tell you. But I, 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 amen. And I would never just go in somebody's house or room and, and say, your problem is you don't have faith. But I've had people say, what's the issue? I can't seem to be making the connection. And I've had to gently say, look, are you believing or are you hoping? There's a difference. And you need hope for your faith to work. And you need faith for hope to present the picture. But here's, here's the point. If it comes right down to it, and that person will say, you know what? You're right. I haven't been believing. Now we got something to work with. You got faith is personal, and you got to examine. The Bible says examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Oh, hallelujah. Do you, do you see that? So tonight we're going to pray. We're not going to take long, but we are going to pray. And it doesn't matter 
Hallelujah. I don't know what anybody may or may not be dealing with, but we do uh, want to take some time tonight.